Hello and welcome to the Uncredible Adventures podcast with me, your host Cornelius. Thank you so much for joining me, whether you're listening for the very first time or if you're someone that's listened to some of the previous episodes and is still with me, really pleased to have you along in either case. I've played about a bit with the description of the show or the tagline of the show a little bit this week to try and give people a bit more of a feel of what we're about before they click that link so i'm going to try it here so this is a weekly single host structured conversational monologue podcast well that's a hell of a mouthful isn't it it's a happy and intimate and funny show uh, very positive and comforting show and i hope you're you're going to enjoy hearing what are mostly true stories woven with interesting facts and original thought you can find this podcast absolutely everywhere and i'd be incredibly excited and really pleased if you hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts if you left me a review that would be even better and if you shared this with someone then uh, i'd be over the moon i'm pretty active on twitter now you can find me at uncredible pod on twitter where we've got a, a good community starting to pull together people starting to talk about the show and we're starting to get a bit of traction there so that's a great place to find me there is an instagram account although i've got to be honest i'm not managing it i'm picking my battles at the moment using the time i've got trying to use it wisely so twitter is my main tool but i will be there at some point indeed if you're listening at a later point then i would have well imagined that at uncredible adventures in instagram will be up and running and have plenty of things to interact with you there but in any event you can find me at the website it's www.uncredibleadventures.com where you find blogs you find pictures information about the show all of the episodes and full transcripts of every episode as well this is episode number what are we on episode number four called the washing bowl voyeur i really hope you enjoy it a little bit cheeky this episode but nothing that is going to embarrass you nothing that's going to offend you pretty safe listening and i'm actually on holiday this week and i had thought that a a week away with the family a week away from work would be a brilliant opportunity for me to uh, catch up with the podcast to structure out some of the episodes that i've got roughly planned and a few odd thoughts and ideas i've got maybe do a bit of research script some of the things possibly and do a lot of recording none of that has happened what i realized actually going on holiday i've kind of swapped reporting to my boss yeah having to report to my boss and then having the stress and the responsibility and the endless task of managing the team that i manage at work come away on holiday and i'm reporting to my boss still (laughs) that's my partner and i'm managing a team of team of kids i've got lots of kids i've got four children and four boys and it's really really great to be spending time with them getting getting to really connect with them remind each other who we are after a pretty stressful year of work and, and just take a bit of time out so i haven't done as much on the podcast as i had hoped to do but nevertheless here i am i'm recording this episode from a caravan i hope the sound quality is still pretty good although not too good i I would hate to think that this is acoustically the best episode that i ever record under circumstances that i'm unable to recreate at home it is an absolutely lovely caravan or or a static home i think probably didn't have any wheels so i guess that makes it a static home and we had that wonderful moment when we arrived it's it's very big certainly bigger than i imagined these could be it's 
bright, it's airy, it was spotlessly clean, everything matches, it was all new. We walked we, we walked in, we came in and had really admired this caravan, looked around, um, bright, clean, fresh and and ready to go. And then we, we all carried our our bags and our luggage in from the car and we brought our shoes in and we brought the camping chairs in and all the kids toys and books everywhere and we dumped clothes and toiletries in the bathroom towels over the radiators you name it within 10 minutes and made it feel <laughs> like home but is not necessarily a good thing we'd come to get away from feeling like we're at home and in fact we've filled this beautiful caravan up with all of our junk and it feels uh, crowded and busy nevertheless we're having a great time and to be fair there's there's one thing i don't have at home that i do have here which is a hot tub out on the balcony so yeah definitely on holiday i had a cup of coffee in the hot tub this morning when i woke up uh what an incredible luxury in april in devon uh, it was windy rainy and i was sitting in hot water and um, incredible luxury should be should be illegal i can't believe that people have these things and we're allowed to you know, the situation we're in in the planet that we're allowed to heat this water up and just wastefully sit out in it but i'm not going to go down that route i've sworn not to venture into politics or current affairs or anything that's troubling this should be a relaxing comfortable podcast that takes you away from your daily life bit of time you're sitting here with the caravan now across the table maybe you've got a cup of tea got your socks on you're feeling comfortable and i'm going to tell you a few stories there's a big swimming pool here and it's one of the things of course that the kids wanted to do straight away as soon as we got here and my partner she said to me almost accused me because i said like why don't you relax for a bit you stay here i'll take the kids down to the swimming pool she said oh you don't like swimming you don't like taking the kids swimming (laughs) And and i had to stop her and say those are two really different you've said two separate things there and they both mean very very different things so saying you don't like swimming and saying you don't like taking the kids swimming are actually two completely separate things one is absolutely true and one is false so what's true is no what's false is saying that i don't like swimming i do like swimming i like going to the swimming pool it's fun enough what i don't like is taking the kids swimming and i'm going to tell you why and i tell you exactly exactly what it was like taking the children's my partner loves it and in in a way that i can't i don't think i'll ever be able to get my head around it we we made started to make friends with a couple of better one of my I'll rewind a little bit so my one of my middle children has just started primary school or started at the at the beginning of the term and we've started to make some friends with other parents that we meet on the drop up and drop off and pick up and we've been to a few birthday parties and we started chatting to a few different parents my partner's been trying to arrange a, a sort of play date or a meeting or um for us to spend some time together with with another mum and dad with a, a boy in the same class as mine and somehow the conversation has got round to them talking about a swimming pool we have local to us and how that we go to sometimes on a sunday and turning this into a, a double date or a, a double kid uh kid friendly adventure going to the swimming pool with another couple i don't know that feels a little bit too intimate for me if i'm honest i'm just starting to get to know some people starting to make a good impression see these might be might be friends that stay with us throughout time and we really get it seems like a bit of a baptism of fire to meet them on a 
swimming date when I, I haven't <laughs> I've never been for a coffee with these people so yeah don't know maybe that is that is just me but so I I volunteered anyway take the kids swimming that'll be fine I've got four of them the two eldest ones are more than capable of taking care of themselves well mostly capable of taking care of themselves I asked them to empty we don't have a dishwasher at home I asked them to empty the dishwasher here earlier just after it finished and because all the the plates and the cups and the things coming out were too hot for them to handle instead of just leaving it to cool off one of them filled a pint glass with water and started pouring cold water over all the clean and dry cups and sauces in the dishwasher so I'm going to qualify that statement when I say they're capable of looking after themselves they can swim um, that's about as far as I'll go the little two not so much so anyway we put all the swimming trunks we put a load of towels into a big carrier a big bag for life a tesco bag for life walk down the really steep hill it's quite a long way walk down the really steep hill to the building that has the swimming pool and got there in time for our slot which we'd pre-booked pre-booking now and limiting numbers and things like swimming pools at holiday camps is something that was brought in under covid or it seemed to make sense to limit those numbers but i think a lot of these businesses now have realized that it's a lot easier for them to limit numbers they don't have to have as many lifeguards and i think as long as we all accept that that's just part of life now it's going to continue but anyway we booked we went down carried this bag for life and we got there just to change over time so this is the first problem that everyone's got an hour slop slop everyone has got an hour slot but it means that the people that are in the pool are finishing at exactly the same time as the new people are arriving perhaps we should have gone 10 minutes early i'm not sure how it's meant to work but there's a massive clash when you get there um you open the door for this this swimming pool to go in and the first thing that hits you is the heat just that hot humid dog's breath of heat that scorches you and envelops every part of you it's almost like you can almost taste it it's this thick atmosphere of air as you walk in the second thing is it's really really gloomy you're going into going from bright breezy slightly rainy outdoors into a really dark warm gloomy place and it's filled with half naked people kids running around parents screeching at their kids the noise is like one of the circles of hell i'm sure of it just the endless you can never quite put yeah I, I, in fact i'd go down and try and record some of it if i'm not absolutely sure it would look incredibly weird for me to take recording equipment down to the changing rooms of a swimming pool but just that endless wail of echoed voices and children screeching bouncing off hard surfaces so it's dim every single surface is wet it's noisy you can barely see it's stiflingly hot and i'm suddenly realized very very aware that i'm wearing a fleece and jeans and outdoor shoes <laughs> that smell of chlorine is heavy also in the air like it's dominating absolutely everything else that smell of chlorine and there's a, there's a lady in 
in a bikini I can see her and she's got her hair that's sort of matted together and wet and streaked across her face and she's desperately trying to juggle to stop her clothes that she's taken out of a locker from falling on the floor while her kids run ragged around her legs and her eyes lock for just a second and we both realise at that moment that it's every man for himself there's not enough cubicles there's not enough changing space and you've got to do whatever you've got to do to survive under these circumstances and there's a bit of a moment where I realise look my 11 year old my 13 year old this is it they're going to have to fend for themselves <laughs> I'm going to have to send them off with their swimming trunks say look do what you've got to do get yourself changed bring your clothes back to me I can't deal with you I've got to deal with the other two I've got a two year old here and a four year old so my eldest starts rifling through the bag pulling the towels out and dumping them onto the wet floor looking for his trunks of course jump in manage to pull these up off the floor give them their trunks say look go away just go and I, I don't care don't get in too much trouble but find a cubicle get yourself changed and then I grab the little two my little two and usher them into a cubicle it's about the size of the coffee table that I'm currently leaning on absolute tiny little room which the door opens inwards so when the door you have to, to sort of really squeeze into the room just to get past the door and I, I push them both in it's really really dark there's you know it's gloomy outside but inside it's even gloomier I can't turn around because somehow I'm simultaneously parts of me are touching at least three of the walls at the same time and I've got children underneath me under my feet the, the floor is absolutely soaking wet and indeed there's a shelf in there or a bench that is completely wet as well there's no hook on the wall and I realised that one of the kids went off road as we were walking down and was traipsing through a load of mud so then that, <laughs> that wet water that's welling around the floor he's trampling mud off his feet and it's now mixing up into a kind of bog down there at our feet but that's the least of my worries I'm battling to battling to get the kids dressed, desperately trying to teach, teach, keep any of the clothes or anything from touching the muddy, wet floor. And I don't know if this is just my kids or if all kids do it, but they have this thing where when you it's, it's more when you're trying to get them dressed, to be fair, than than get them undressed. But for instance, if you're putting a t-shirt over the head of a two-year-old they kind of go really floppy like they've got no muscle tone and they can't resist and just you trying to thread their head through the hole in the top of a t-shirt they do this floppy neck thing and you feel like you're gonna like snap their head off anyway yeah the kids are doing floppy neck and you name it and I've got two half naked kids I'm stripped down sort of half naked myself and someone starts banging on the door bam 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 Oh, what, who is that? I've got my hands full with the two-year-old here at a particularly tricky stage of getting him dressed. But luckily, my four-year-old can reach up and unlock the door, which he does. And it's my eldest boy. And he's standing there um, with all his clothes. He's changed. And he starts piling clothes into my hands. Big, dirty, muddy shoes go on top of the pile. And it's at that point I realise this bag for life that I brought is full of the towels we only had swimming trunks in there we didn't have anything else I haven't brought anything to hold all these other clothes that we're going to have I don't know what I'm going to do with them so I take the towels out okay I can deal with that towels come out clothes start going in shoes have to stay separately finally though I've got the kids dressed I've managed to convince my four-year-old that very bad things will happen to him if he opens the door again 
I'm getting changed. I find my shorts, pull them out from the bag. My bright pink swimming shorts, which I remember were from the last time I wore them was in Greece, 2016, was the last foreign holiday we had. And a few things happened in 2016. Um, one of the big ones was that I entered into my first and my last Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition and I won a medal there's a, there's a whole story though I'll, I'll talk about that definitely on this podcast at some point but one of the key things that happened was that I spent about nine months dieting really really hard and training like I've never trained before in my life with my jiu-jitsu team getting ready for this competition and slimming down to what is the lowest weight I've ever been as an adult and I had to buy quite a lot of new clothes at that point because I didn't fit in all the swimming trunks that fit my normal frame were suddenly way too big and we went to Greece and I remember buying these new pink swimming trunks in a really really small size for me since then all the weight has come back on plus extra from covid and (laughs) an extra what seven five six years these shorts are absolutely tiny like cartoon tiny they look like something i should be trying to put onto my four-year-old and i i can get my legs in i sort of pull them up and i can start to get them towards the top of my thighs but they're really really tight but i can inch them up inch by inch pull them slightly higher up i can get them just about to the point where the waistband i can pull it high enough so that it's covering the top of my butt crack and the top of anything particularly rude round at the front but we're pretty much spring loaded these are incredibly tight and and if i want to walk they're fine as long as i don't try and move my legs which it does make walking pretty challenging but anyway i worked out that i can kind of walk just by using my toes and only moving my legs from the knees down and keeping my uh, keeping my thighs and hips completely stationary so this kind of i'm trying to usher the two smallest children got a, a back for life that is too small to hold all of the clothes that i'm now trying to put in i've got five pairs of muddy shoes and five towels wrapped around me i can't walk i've got my kind of knees pinned together and i started to realize what am i supposed to do with all this stuff where am i going to take it well i hadn't planned for this at all i really hadn't planned for any of this i kind of gone down with such a robust easy yeah yeah i'll take the kids don't worry about it it'll be fine i had not thought about any of this and i realized there must be lockers of course there's lockers i've been swimming before there's always lockers that's what you do put things in the lockers great of course walk around the corner it's pound for a locker isn't it everywhere you go pound coin for a locker this place is no different i haven't got a pound coin i didn't think about it at all i probably need about three pound coins for all the clothes we've got i can't use the locker what am i going to do so the shoes go outside i just put them outside the door on the on, on the porch area i just lined them up i thought no one's going to nick them i got rid of the muddy shoes that's fine I'm going to carry everything through to the pool. You're not meant to, but do you know what? If someone wants to stop me, if there's a lifeguard that wants to say, why are you bringing all your stuff out and put it on the side of the pool? I'm more than happy to have that conversation and get him to give me a pound for the locker or unlock a locker for me because otherwise I'm absolutely, I don't know what to do. 
I have to carry through and there's one of these I haven't seen him in a really long time they used to be all over the place I guess they're they're not fashionable anymore but it's like a uh, it's a pool that you have to walk through to wash your feet I, I guess that's what it's meant to be for to wash your feet before you go in the main pool and it's kind of a, about three inch deep pool in a corridor that you can't walk around it there's no edges you have to walk through the middle of it that's filled with water only this water is really it's been there a long time it's it is sort of very murky cloudy colored looking rank water i don't know the last time it was emptied out it, it, it definitely if anything it's making your feet more dirty the one thing it is doing is making sure that no one walking through with their shoes on because you get your feet completely soaked but other than that it's certainly not doing anything to to help clean any feet but we get to the pool and that's where I this is where I really remember why I don't like taking the kids swimming because one of the things when you become a parent is that your life is now not just about keeping yourself alive or keeping yourself happy as soon as you have children your life is about keeping them alive and keeping them happy and looking after them and going to a swimming pool with two children that one that he, he does swimming lessons but they, he can swim with a noodle or with a flute float or he can do certain exercises but he's not a swimmer and the other can't swim at all and i'm basically bringing them to a swimming pool where I absolutely have to be fully engaged in holding them the entire time we're in the water, holding them up with their heads out of the water to keep them alive. That's incredibly stressful. Why Why on earth would I sign up? Who does enjoy that? Who can possibly enjoy that level of responsibility where you physically have to hold another human being otherwise? And, and, and actually I'm selling it really slow because it's not just it's not just holding them is it it's not just keeping alive no you're going to make it fun you're the parent it's your job to make it fun somehow this cold murky water that you have to stand in full of this noise and being jostled by other people and people jumping around you have to make it fun for your own kids as well it's not just the little ones either even the big ones are oh dad can you do this can you go I start to look around I think surely everyone else is is having just as bad a time as I am. And what, what do I see? Well, I, I see a load of the muscle dads. These guys, you know, the, these ripped guys in really good shape. They look happy. They've got confident kids. They've got kids smaller than mine that seem to be able to dive in and swim lengths and they're high-fiving. And I normally try and look at someone like that and try and work out what haven't they got. I think, oh, you know, he's, he's managed to tone his body up that much. Then he must not spend much time with his family. But I realised a couple of these guys I was watching, they seem to be getting on brilliantly with their kids. And I think, oh, well, maybe they've, you know, maybe they're not going not got a good career or they're not doing well i think well actually no they've they've brought them to this holiday park which i could just about afford to to bring my family so they're doing all right from that point of view as well oh look and they've got beautiful wives as well and they seem happy and well adjusted well good luck to them <laughs> but the whole the whole experience is the best parts of it the boring parts where you're cold and wet and i am just got two children like one on each hip and I'm just doing circuits of the pool that's probably the best it gets but there's this one kid I don't know how old he is seven eight something like that he's got his head shaved up the side he's got an earring and he's decided that I'm loco parentis I'm going to be his dad for this part of the swimming pool and he wants to play rough and tumble with his dad so this kid is constantly splashing me 
flicking water at me, kicking water at me, splashing, coming over. Oh, he, he thinks it's a joke. And he's splashing my kids as well, which is making them go berserk. The little one in particular doesn't like it. And I can't, I'm looking around, I can't see who this kid is with. I can't see who his parents are. And there's, there's one thing I'm not going to do is go over and start interacting or trying to discipline a child that's not mine at a swimming pool. So I just do the age-old parenting method of trying to ignore this kid. Hopefully he'll get bored with it. And this, to be fair, what tenacity and what absolute focus this kid had. Because he manages for the entire hour in there, he manages to torment me and splash me and make my life even worse. Also turns out that my two-year-old who we're potty training is one of the few people I, I, I feel brave enough to say it's one of the few people in this world who actually want to leave the swimming pool to go to the toilet so just when things are settled and things are all right there we are traipsing through to these wet toilets to, to squat holding them on the toilet bowl <laughs> and the worst thing is I can't squat I can't bend down because these tiny little shorts have gone on so I'm kind of having to, to stand up and lever myself to hold this kid on the toilet seat and i noticed at that point this is just beside the point but it just adds my watch i've got a smart watch that connects with my phone and measures my heart rate and all the rest of it and you can change the screens on it but i've always thought you have to have the phone in order to change the screen i go in the app for the, the smart watch and i change the screen but somehow inexplicably this the water of the swimming pool or something has changed this watch face to i'm going to put a picture of this actually if you if you go to twitter at uncredible pod i'm going to put a photo of the watch face that gets selected automatically somehow in the pool and then becomes my new watch face which i can't change it back because i haven't got my my phone's at the bottom of the bag but it's the, the watch face that it's somehow chosen and put on is it's a skull with like a raster color beanie hat and dreadlocks with two huge rolled up cigarettes coming out of its mouth that are the second hat the minute and the hour hand pointing round and the background is a big marijuana leaf and trimmed with all these colours so I've got the <laughs> I've got the stoner skeleton watch on I've got the two younger kids stuck to me and demanding that I make the swimming experience fun for them and I've got the oldest two that are begging me to go on slides and do all sorts of things which I can't do because I'm looking after the little ones mercifully it's only an hour and eventually the hour's over although honestly if the experience of going from dry clothes into swimming costumes was traumatic doing it in reverse is even worse you're wet you're cold, you're clammy, every surface is still wet, but also so are you. Realise that I didn't bring enough towels, so of course I give all the kids towels and I'll take mine last. Which would be absolutely fine if I had children that didn't immediately drop their towels on the floor or drag them along through the floor. <laughs> so I'm going to have to use a towel that's been dragged through dirty pool changing room water that's not, <laughs> not been cleaned for a long time. So by stroke of luck, I managed to find a fairly large shower cubicle that I can take the youngest two in. And I rinse them off and 
get them in their towels and set them up on the bench and I'm just having a quick wash myself so I strip off I'm shampooing my hair open my eyes and look up and wonderful the two-year-old copying the four-year-old has realized that you can open these doors and he's opened the door to the shower out into the changing room I'm standing there with everything on display with soap in my hair trying to desperately rinse it off and um just as the door is opening this this guy has to dart in really quickly and then there's a moment where we sort of our eyes lock and we meet each other and he, he realizes what's going on and i look at him and i realize he's a dad he's holding two little kids he's wearing a fleece and jeans he's got the sweat beading out on his forehead <laughs> and we just have a little moment of a little bit odd but from me standing there completely naked but a little moment of understanding <laughs> and he nods and we shut the door and we carry on there was just a just a kind of question mark in his eyes as as I reached out to push the door shut. I just spot his eyes flick for a second and catch my uh, my <laughs> my stoner skeleton watch. And there's just a little bit of a question mark in his eyes before I close the before I close the doors. Anyway, eventually we're all dressed. No harm done. I managed to keep the kids alive and safe and even better on the way out just as we're passing this horrible foot wash pool i see this um horrible shaved head kid that's been splashing me the entire time and he's he's half dressed he's, he's got his trousers on he's got his socks on he's walking around he hasn't got a top on he's wandering around and i just give him a little bump with my hip as i go past and manage to <laughs> managed to push him into the dirty foot water pool and i don't feel either a slightest hint of remorse he absolutely deserved it so thank you for indulging me i needed to share that with someone something that i've been going through today but without further ado please i'm going to introduce you into the episode this is the uncredible adventures podcast episode four the washing bowl voyeur This story starts just like uh, all the best stories, I guess, all the grand adventures. It starts at the sink. At me, I've got my sleeves rolled up, got my hands in the soapy water. And I, I've got a confession. I absolutely love doing the washing up. I've got plenty of, plenty of things to keep me entertained as I work my way through piles of cups and plates and dirty washing. I mean, first of all, my my sink is in the window at the front of my house. So when I'm washing up, that's my time to stand and look out at the window. And I, I really enjoy just standing at the window, doing the washing up and seeing what goes on in my road. One of, one of the things that I watch and I, I've started to take a real interest in is seagulls. We don't we don't live anywhere near the sea. If you've listened to my previous episodes where I talked about living on Portland, well, that was actually quite a quite a long time back, and I've moved several. That was actually quite a long time back, and moved quite far inland now, and nowhere near the sea. But we've got seagulls, but these are not seabirds; these are urban birds. It's it's more not proximity to the sea. I think it's proximity to a landfill, <laughs> like somewhere. <laughs> and generally speaking, they're they're pretty annoying. They're they're noisy and shouting and squawking at all hours of the day and night. And if you 
ever leave a bin bag or something like that unattended they'll rip it open and pull things out but to be honest if I didn't do the washing up I'd probably never appreciate the beautiful nature documentary that plays out for me every single day I watch these seagulls I watch them fighting they have these crazy brawls up and down they live on the rooftops they, they seem to like nest behind people's chimneys and, and things like that but I, I watch them fighting up and down the chimneys in the spring you see all the grey babies on the wobbly on the tops of the roofs taking their first flights and and there's two seagulls in particular that I watch they're, they're my favourite who every morning they fly down there's like a patch of grass across the road from my house that I can see and they go on this grass and they they dance there's there's no other word for it they stand facing each other and they dance like tip tap tip tap tip tap tip tap feet 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 on the soil tappy 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 up and down on the grass and I don't know what what this is but presumably it's making the sound like the rain or whatever it is I don't know but it makes worms come up I'm guessing because they they tap 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 and then one of them will go down and they whoop and then they whoop up a big juicy worm and and swallow it down but to be honest I think that is absolutely amazing i've never seen anything like it and there's a it's one of there's a video i'm going to put it up on twitter it's on my instagram at uncredible adventures i'm going to put it on twitter at uncredible pod but I, I filmed these seagulls doing their little dances but most fascinating thing I've, I've ever seen but the birds are one thing but the real interest of looking out this window is the chance to spy on and to to watch my neighbours and to keep an eye on the neighbourhood and get to know the people that come and go there's there's two old ladies that I see all the time one is is very tall and very big a huge woman and then a tiny little shrew-like woman and they come from opposite ends they both got these horrible little yappy dogs and that they they take them out on walks must be 20 times a day whenever you look out you generally see them doing a walk but they they seem to have synchronized so that they always meet at approximately the same place and i just watched them chatting away totally oblivious as they natter to each other to the fact that the the dogs are viciously humping each other <laughs> at their feet and I, I call this the washing bowl this episode called the washing bowl bowl voyeur absolutely is is voyeuristic me looking out this window so the house we live in is at the end of the terrace and for whatever reason it sticks out much further forward than any of the other houses on the row and it means that anyone from the houses on to the right hand side of my one if they want to walk past they have to walk a sort of really long loop past the front of my house if they want to go anywhere which gives me a really long time while I'm washing up to watch them walk past but it also means that anyone that's walking past has a really long time to look in our house uh, we haven't got any curtains on the kitchen in fact there's a whole i'm not going to tell it now there's a whole story about me trying to buy blinds for the kitchen when i was completely sleep deprived when my when my four-year-old was first born and we measured in inches and then ordered in centimeters so we got these two tiny blinds that arrived and that was yeah that was uh what four well three or four years ago and we haven't even attempted it attempted to fix it since but the result is we've got no curtains on our kitchen which sticks out into the road and we have the lights on there quite a lot and I've realized that it's not just me looking out 
at my neighbours, but clearly my a lot of my neighbours have got in the habit of just looking into the kitchen, part of their habit to, to peer in as they walk past and looking the other side. And I know they do this because I stand and I stare and I watch them coming. I watch them walking around from when I'm doing the washing up. And every now and again, I'm watching, 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 there comes a moment where they're looking in, I'm looking out. And there's always a moment when suddenly they realise I'm standing there and, and we both kind of jump each other as our eyes lock. Um, and they know they've been caught looking into the kitchen. I know I've been caught looking out. And it occurs to me that the, the sink is quite far below the windowsill. So anyone outside, I don't think they can see what I'm doing. They might, you know, they, they, presumably their houses are laid out the same, so they might know it's the sink. But yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure they know what I'm doing doing they might think i'm just standing in the front window they might not have any clue that i'm washing up they just think i'm a really strange man that stands at the front window and watches them every day which which i am but my washing up i, I think excuses it my absolute favorite spot my absolute favorite bit of voyeurism it was late in the evening i was washing up quite late from dinner and i watched the man next door walk out into the road to get something from his car he's walking really casually completely carefree which was amazing when you consider that he was only wearing a polo shirt and a pair of shorts and absolutely sorry which is amazing when you consider he's only wearing a polo shirt and a pair of socks <laughs> absolutely nothing in between and i watched his white bum on the way out and it was only when he turned round to come back into the house once he'd been to his car that he spotted me and nearly jumped out of his skin I'm not I'm not 100% what shocked him more possibly the fact that I caught him walking around naked from the waist down in public could have been the fact I happened to only be wearing a polo shirt and socks and nothing else myself and I'm not I don't apologize for that there's nothing I like more after a really long hard day than taking my trousers off which, which possibly this is the the reason why my neighbours have developed the habit of looking into my kitchen. Probably quite good sport for them to to, to see if you can spot that half naked guy raiding the fridge again. Definitely looking out the window is one of the reasons why I love washing up. But the other is because it's pure me time, and that's it's one of the times when I quite often listen to a podcast put a podcast on I'm in a room away from the kids away from the rest of the house I'm on my own completely lost in my own world completely guilt-free I'm washing up so it means I'm helping the house I'm doing an unpleasant task we don't dry up in this house We've never dried up in this house I just leave huge intimidating stacks of precariously stacked up <laughs> plates and cups and saucers and saucepans onto the draining board to air dry and it's it's meant to be big and intimidating really it's a it's a statue or a a symbol to the work that i have done what i've achieved inviting anyone that peers into the kitchen to say my gosh look at the amount of washing up that this wonderful guy has done the, the downside of course is that it means the absolute worst part of doing the washing up is having to put away the stuff that's left on the draining board from the previous load of washing up i absolutely hate that bit i to be fair i just chuck everything away as fast as i can and my partner spends her life 
organising and sorting this house out. She's got the kitchen in an order that's completely unfathomable to me. I've got no idea. I'd, I'd just open cupboards and chuck it in. A you know plastic Tupperware. I'd chuck in the cupboard with the jars and tins. We've got a big drawer for pots and pans, and the back has fallen off it, and the the bottom is sort of warped out, um, and it it bows out and scrapes in and out, which means that no matter how much I've jammed in there because it has got no back if i push hard enough it will close and it will stay closed um kids plastic drink bottles i've got no idea where they go at all i just put them on top of the microwave and magically they find their way to wherever they're meant to live which is a drawer or cupboard or something that i'm completely unaware of i've never seen them in any cupboards but the actual washing up i love and i, and I enjoy the the process as well I'm, I'm fastidious about doing the job well i selecting and maintaining the right water temperatures the right amount of soap the perfect sponge or cloth for each job clean in the most efficient order so the glasses and, and things that are quite clean come first and the big greasy baking trays go in last everything gets rinsed before it goes in the bowl everything gets rinsed after it comes out the bowl i've got a big scar on my ring finger on my left hand from doing the washing up and that was somehow years ago but totally total weird coincidence but somehow the handle of a mug had got smashed off in the bowl and I reached into this murky water and grabbed it felt a sharp sort of scratch pull my hand out and it was like honestly it was like something from jaws with blood flowing down my hand I could actually see the bone incredibly sharp from a handle of a mug I don't know how that happens but that's one rule and, I, and actually if you learn anything from this podcast and it's one rule I'd teach it to everyone it should be the most basic rule is that don't put knives in the washing up bowl never ever put a knife and let go of the handle a sharp knife into a washing up bowl and let go of the handle they always sit on the side you never put them in and when you wash them you never let go of the handle dip it in with one hand holding on the handle never let go of it clean the blade and get rid of it never put a bo- never put a knife in a washing up bowl certainly don't put a knife in someone else's washing up bowl the amount of times people try and do that when you're hosting a party you've got people around and people are helping to tidy up and someone will just come and slide a sharp knife into the water don't do it so but yeah weird flex perhaps but here we are my washing up is world class it's perfect my water work my sponge taking you name it i do whatever it takes to get the results in stark contrast my partner her washing up is terrible she just washes things in whatever order they're on the board to be clean she she never changes the water so by the end of it it looks like some awful beano school dinner soup she uses the same sponge for everything uses much too much washing up liquid nothing gets rinsed if you talk to her she'd quite unfairly say that i need to get over it that she doesn't enjoy washing up she just wants to get it done and more outrageously she'd she'd tell you that i'm too anal and it's not natural for someone to enjoy the process as much as i do maybe she's an incredibly talented woman in in so many areas but some things like the washing up but I, i was washing up the other day there weren't much going on out the window unfortunately but it occurred to me that i'm really good at that i've got the i've got a technique where i can run the water so it's running into the main washing up bowl and i can rinse things at the same time angling the water to to spray in a different 
part of the bowl i use the angles and, and, it, and they're the exact same techniques that i use in the shower because our shower and i'm gonna do an episode on the diy on this house because it's, it was absolutely outrageous when we moved in how bad the diy had been and i've probably made it worse since we moved in but we've got a shower that sits in the bath but it's mounted on the wall at the wrong end of the bath and i don't know you maybe never thought about this and i certainly hadn't until i encountered this shower at the wrong end but there is a correct end of the bath for the shower to go in and the shower should go in at the tap end because what happens at the tap end of the bath is that you've got a completely vertical surface so you can walk right up to that end of the bath it's where the the plug is whereas the the other end is designed for you to lean back it's got it's a backrest for you to when you're sitting or lying in the bath so it's a sloped all the way out which means that actually you you can't walk right to the back of the bath so it's completely the wrong place to put a shower and then on top of that we've got a really really crap shower we've got really low water pressure so the water doesn't comes out a trickle and then the whatever you call it the the holder up on the wall that you clip the shower head into has it doesn't hold up anymore so it slides down so we have to kind of wrap the cable the the, the piping for the shower around the top of that to hold the shower up but it it means that we've got a shower that head that sits um about chest height points out from the wall you have to point it out from the wall at about 90 degrees to get it to come far enough out to clear this piece of the back of the bath where you can't step and then you have a really dribble of water so you have to be good such a thin thin trickle of water coming out at 90 degrees but i can still use that i can work with that i like the challenge i'm just like my washing up i work the angles i can still i can still rinse every nook and cranny and odd part of my body i was washing up the other night you do my my angle technique and it made me realize what does what does my partner do when she showers like she's really clean she always seems really clean but she's that bad at washing up and it's harder to shower in our house than any shower i've ever used i think does she what does, what does she do in there how does she get that right when she gets the washing up so wrong and i got a really strong urge to know and it just happens that she's upstairs in the shower while i'm washing up she went off I said, don't worry, ma to me, I'll do this washing up. Oh, yeah, don't worry, you know, you just relax, you go and have a nice shower while I do all this work. So I thought, here we go. So I thought, right, I'm going to go up, I'm going to go and spy on her, I'm going to look and see what she does in the shower, see how she, see what her technique is. And I'll be honest, my attempted voyeurism probably lacked a, a little bit of finesse i've talked about the terrible diy of course the bathroom door sticks doesn't it for first of all the um the hand <laughs> the handle sort of is is coming away from the wall so you have to make sure it's lined up and then the door really sticks against the floor so you have to give it a right shove to open it so there was no discreet me slipping in and un- undetected i had to really put my shoulder into the door <laughs> bust it open the door sprung open she was really surprised to be fair i think partly with the the noise and the force of the door bursting open secondly i'm only wearing a polo shirt and socks and nothing in between and thirdly she's not in the shower she's fully clothed cloth in hand cleaning the bathroom and she has been that whole she's been up here for about half an hour and she's been doing that the whole time and apparently 
first time I found out, that's what she always does. So whenever I think she's taken these long, luxurious showers, she actually cleans the bathroom for the first 45 minutes of it and then just has a five-minute shower, a quick rinse, a quick shower at the end. Uh, terrible news because it completely destroys the moral high ground I've got for my washing up. Completely undermines my possibility of, of, of getting credit or kudos for that. But the mystery, the mystery is still unf- un- unsolved. I couldn't, I had to leave her to it. I couldn't go back. It would be way too obvious. I already used the, the best excuse I could come up with. I hadn't thought about it until I was literally standing in the room. I said, oh, I'm looking for the, uh, uh, and spotted, oh, I spot the plunger, the plunger. Yeah, I've grabbed the plunger. I can't go up and grab another pl- plunger. So, yeah, back to the, back to the kitchen window, back to consoling myself. Maybe... Maybe I might see my neighbour's arse again and everything will be good. That was episode four of Uncredible Adventures. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, something a little bit different. Slightly shorter than the previous ones. The, the length of episodes has been creeping up since the first one I looked at it and it looks like they just get longer and longer and that's kind of coincidence but I'm not it's not a bad thing I think to pull this one back I generally want to keep the episodes under an hour 50 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes somewhere around then this will be a fairly short one I hope you enjoyed it we've got absolutely no internet connectivity no no wi-fi not even on the phones on this campsite so not been able to do any research and i've been a little bit limited so yeah topics were 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 fairly pedestrian today taking the kids swimming and and doing the washing up i did try something a little bit different so the washing up story a lot of it i scripted it a bit more than i normally would so generally speaking i I get an idea of what i want to talk about and i just tell the story that one I, i wrote out a little bit more structured so i don't know if that worked i'm going to listen to it back myself we're on a journey it's an incredible adventure i'm looking to get better i'm not the finished article at all and but things are going well uh just just worth sharing actually we we it's very difficult launching a podcast a very crowded space and i think like any type of media really there's one or two you know a handful of big commercial operations that get the vast majority of the attention and the listens and the spotlight and, and everything else it's very difficult you're fighting after a very small pie and i really unless you're starting a podcast as as a celebrity that's already got a following or you've got a big name or you know a publisher behind you it's very very difficult to make traction but we're actually doing very well it's 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 beaten my expectations we're growing quite well i'm going to stick with it it's only episode number four so watch this space but let me know i hope that worked i don't know i'm gonna listen back to it if i need to go back to just having a bit of structure and and, and ad-libbing maybe I, I but really i could do with some feedback so shoot me a message send me an email hello at uncredibleadventures.com or on twitter at uncredible pod let me know what you think please subscribe Please leave a review, a positive review, I'm hoping. Although I'd take a negative one, anything. And and please reach out, get involved. But thank you. This was Uncredible Adventures. I'm Cornelius from the static home in this Devon Caravan Park. I wish you good day. <laughs>